And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Voodoo Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Troll Towelhead of SatanService.org, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Lucky Mojo of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman Ali of TheConjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest, Luminaria Star in the great state of Maine, and at Facebook at Luminaria Star, bringing us today's topic of everyday hoopoo. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and mediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our times. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but let's catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ali. Miss Cat? Oh, it's so nice to hear your lovely voice. Um, very unusual. <laughs> um, well, for all those listening who are wondering, what the heck was that? That was my very own dear Nagashiva, the, um, the widget wonder man. Um, doing our announcements because Papa Newt, our steady Taurus, is down with um, illness. Um, nothing serious. I'm sure it's just, you know, the usual. It's the winter um, junk that's going around and everybody's getting it. I hope it's not a flu. Yeah. I hope he just has a cold. We just don't know, but he's not able to make the show. I think he described it as chills and fevers, which about describes what it is. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I hope he'll be better next week, and I'm sending all of our love to Papa Newt. Well, we are here to carry on, and of course, if you if you have a missing Taurus, I guess, and you have to plug them with another sign, you might as well use the Scorpio. So thank you, Nagashiva, for jumping in and helping us out today. Um, you also have a beautiful voice. Um, he does. You're, yeah, a little slower than Papa Newt, but you're kind of tonally similar um you know i listen to this show as i do it and i've been listening to this show since 2004 <laughs> and uh, the announcer is always someone who sets the tone for me well i'm here in my uh, little upstairs office drinking my hot tea also courtesy of mr widget wonder man and my only news is that i basically have spent the whole last week working on the Lucky Mojo Forum, adding um, links and um, add-to-cart buttons so that you can purchase from within the forum to all of the herbs. Haven't finished all of the herbs yet. I think I've done 66 of them. We sell about 200 herbs, so I've got a ways to go. And I'm um, editing the posts to make them all consistent. I'm, you know, if someone says something completely wacky, I'm deleting the post or moving it to another section of the forum. Um, you'd be surprised how people have used this forum over the years. Little 
little this and that and the other, like, hi, I'm asking about mandrake root, but I'd really like to know about come-to-me oil. So I'm sort of pruning and, and topicizing the forum. Um, we have some great news upcoming. We are going to be adding widgets. And I, to, for all of those who don't know, widgets are um, little bits of code or little items that um, are not the the thing itself, just a little something that symbolizes a something. <laughs> so um, Shiva is a coder, and he has created these widgets in our database, which we can express to the forum, and they will allow you to order products in the forum. And most of you who use our Lucky Mojo forum know about these widgets. They have a little blue button. Well, he's created a new widget, and if we weren't doing this radio show, we'd be off in the corner cackling and adding uh, the new widgets. But they are for Missionary Independent Spiritual Church for MISC, and to distinguish them, because when you order a candle service from MISC, you don't get candles sent in the mail. They have yellow buttons. And so you'll know right away if you're ordering a blue button candle to have shipped to you or a yellow button candle to have burned at the church. And uh, this new thing is dedicated to Reverend Ernest, who's been kind of wondering, you know, why doesn't the candle services have widgets like everybody else does? So now they're going to have them. So that's what we've been doing, widgetizing. I also want to make a big happy shout-out to Holly Winsong Greenwood, who is working with us. Um, She is inventorying and ordering fresh herbs and roots and also essential oils. She's basically taken charge of the nest, which is a building. It's just called the nest. Don't even ask why. It's the building called the nest that's on our property where we store things that are um, humidity and... um, sensitive and need to be stored in a nice environment, but not so far off-site that they're in storage. So all of the herbs, roots, um, oh, altar cloths, um, uh, flannel bags, things like that that you want to have kept nice and tight and dry, but also have them handy. They're all in the nest. And she she's basically taken over the nest, and she's ordering herbs. So it's wonderful to have her here. She's working three days a week, her and her two little dogs. And she has been um, placing orders uh, today. Nikki is holding down the fort in the office. Hello, Nikki. Um, A big wave. (laughs) I can almost see the shop from out my window. Uh, Waving at you, Nikki. And also to Rowena, who um, has been helping out, getting me to sign books and carrying books up and down. And to everybody else who's in the shop today, Jenna and so forth, no trains today. It's a little on the rainy, wet side. Uh, But Jenna usually runs the trains. And I just want to thank everybody at the shop for holding on while I've been working there. Um, Oh, my gosh. Lucky Mojo Curio Company waves for Catherine. (laughs) That's cool. That's cool. And, And Shiva posts, no trains today. That's true. No trains today. The track has gone away. The station stands forlorn, a symbol in the dawn. Um, I think that dates me. That's a song by Herman's Hermits. All right, Ali, how are you today? Oh, I'm I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. I've uh, been, been busy as usual. Uh, this past week, for whatever reason, uh, I think it's because school is starting up. Um, I've, I've really kind of dedicated the time to admin work. By which I mean paperwork. 
for whatever reason, part of being an academic seems to be just collecting papers. You know? I have just piles and piles of papers. Some of them are student papers that have been graded and others are like things that I've read. And so this past week has just been sorting through that, getting rid of the stuff I don't need, keeping the stuff I do need, um, answering emails that seem to be a never-ending battle. <laughs> so this is what I've dedicated. So 2019 has really started out with me doing admin work <laughs> for the past week. Um, but it's, it's busy work. Um, but it's work that needs to be done, and I enjoy doing it, get, getting it out of the way so that I can focus on the things that, that I'm interested in. Well, you know, Ali, you live a very interesting life. I mean, we <laughs> all know you. that people who are psychics often have <laughs> other interests, and I have a, a very strong heart for your academic self. I'm always interested in following your academic self as well as your psychic and root workerly self. You know, I've I've talked before how a lot of the people who do um root work professionally are also healthcare providers yes. or uh come out of the world of writing or maybe mm-hmm. shopkeepers. Um but academic root workers are a very small group. <laughs> and you're very <Very>. yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. We're a rare breed, but there's a lot of overlap surprisingly. Mhm. Well, you are uh, so academic, and I appreciate that a great deal. Well, we have a guest today we've had before, and I'm going to bring her on. This is a guest who goes by two different names, so I'm going to introduce her two different ways. She is Alchemical Artisans Hour in our chat mm-hmm. log. It has been for many years, and she is Luminaria Star on Facebook. So um, I'll tell you, I'm going to call her Luminaria in this uh, chat, and um, so because for me, writing out the words Alchemical Artisans Hour almost requires a widget, which I don't have. Uh, so. <laughs> and she has brought us our discussion uh, panel topic for the day, Everyday Hoodoo, Loading and Fixing Your Daily Products. I want to give a quick shout out before we go to her to Dr. Jarensburg, who's here, Miss Athena, Miss Michael, Reverend Dr. Sweets, Reverend James, Anna Gabriella, Kali Mojo Girl, um, and um, of course a number of guests, you know, guest 228 and guest 272 and all the rest of the guest people. But um, thanks so much for being here with us. Now, let's say hello to Luminaria Star. How are you doing, honey? Hi. I'm great. Today is my birthday. <laughs> wow. Happy birthday, Happy birthday to Luminaria Star. Wow. That's great. I won't even ask how old you are. Oh, I don't mind telling you. I'm 63. Wow. 63. Well, you've got a lot of happy years ahead of you, I'm sure. Um <laughs> That's that's a that's a great age to be. I look back on that age with fondness. <laughs> and um so you have brought us our topic and I'm going to just um quickly give a little um introduction to the topic. We've talked about this in various aspects before. We've talked about um, hand making soap and putting uh, conjure oils in the soap when you make it. We've talked about um, using herbs that are medical as well as magical or edible and not toxic in 
teas, we've talked about um, floor scrubs and floor washes. But this time, we're going to talk about everything, the whole nine yards, all ways that your household can be a magical household and all mm. ways that you can um, use um, thoughtful intention, prayerful petition, and um, a little bit of sneaky tricks in your home. Okay, so take it away, Luminaria Star. Well, most people in the modern world don't think that they're practicing magic in any sense every day of their lives. But these things have been embedded in our culture in ways that have become largely automatic. For instance, have you ever said grace over a meal? kissed your child's boo-boo to make it better, or said bless you when someone sneezes? Do you ever blow a kiss to a loved one, or worn a charm bracelet loaded with trinkets collected over years of travel and experiences? Have you ever thrown a coin into a fountain, or sent flowers to a sick friend, or said cross your fingers, or knock on wood? or have used the old expression, from your mouth to God's ear? Uh, If you've ever hidden money in your Bible, or dyed Easter eggs and then hidden them in your garden for your children to find, or put candles on a birthday cake and then blown them out with a wish, you've been practicing random acts of folk magic that have become so ingrained in our language and culture that they aren't even recognized anymore as forms of folk magic. They've become automatic and now are thought of just as polite customs or ways to comfort and cheer your loved ones. And they are certainly all that, but they can also be much, much more with conscious intent behind them. And... What we're here today to talk about is what makes the difference that amps up your actions and makes the magic real and active. Practicing them with deliberation and adding conscious thought to what you're doing as you're doing it, that and a few extra ingredients such as spices and herbs that you probably already use in your kitchen. Markers of different colors scents and powders and charms from an old-fashioned charm bracelet, photos and keepsakes and souvenirs, but the most important ingredients are awareness, intention, and emotion. Now, as you've said many, many times over the years, Hoodoo is recognized as a brand of American folk magic that has been intentionally practiced mostly by African-Americans who retained the respect for the practices of the ancestors adapted to the conditions and needs of the times. When they were forcibly stolen from their homelands and brought to the Americas, every effort was made to stamp out their connections to the old beliefs, their ancestry and customs, and even to their family ties. The development and practices of hoodoo were their way of retaining their sense of themselves and resisting the dehumanization that was being forced on them. They adapted their customs and camouflaged them, and they used whatever was available in the world around them, 
and they changed the names and elements to escape the notice of the oppressors. They passed down what they could, and they also adapted things from the other people that were around them because they were smart and they saw what worked and didn't have any problem with basically uh, borrowing from the environment. So these days we are kind of at a disadvantage in our society because everything has become so very materialistic and mechanistic. And also, unless we're members of the 1%, we don't have a lot of uh, family traditions that are being passed down in a way that is consciously aimed towards power and taking control in a, in a subtle sense. Um, a lot of what we do that has been passed down has become so automatic that we just look at them as forms and customs. So uh, a lot of people do believe that the families of the 1% actually are consciously using the means to take power and use it on other people. But for the most part, the rest of us are very busy in the workaday world doing the best we can to survive. And we've lost touch with the magic of our ancestors. And this is kind of sad. Um, and I think that we should bring it back as much as we can. I agree. Hmm. That so, is, hmm. I mean, that's one of the things that I am most um, committed to is to keep some of these old ways around. Uh, Y'all have heard me, you know, complain about it. It's not all candle magic. Not everything is mm. candle magic, folks. Let's talk about um, baking powder biscuits. <laughs> and people go, what? Mm. And I'm like, yeah, let's talk about baking powder biscuits as magic. Let's talk mm-hmm. about floor scrubs as magic. And um, you are so right when you say that much of, of what we see in hoodoo is African. That's the basis, the root of it. Mm-hmm. But there were adaptations based on people from the cultures that African slaves and African uh, free people of color met in the Americas. Yeah. And so, um, and you'll see the same thing. All cultures will blend and mingle as they live in the same place. There is no um, truth to the idea that you have to have inherited something by mm-hmm. blood. Otherwise, African Americans would not put birthday candles on their cakes and blow them out. So yeah. we all we are all allowed to share, and in, in my view of the world, the more um, sharing we are, the more friendly we are, the more magic gets spread around. So no magic mm. is held exclusively um, by one family. The generousness with which magic is shared is um, something that's important, and even the most powerless can be generous, and even the mm-hmm. most powerful can be generous. It has... You could say, oh, well, you know, if you come from a position of privilege, you can share your stuff or impose it, whereas people with no privilege cannot do anything but accept an intrusion. But that's not true. Actually, folk magicians just talk to each other. It's like folk music. People meet, they talk, and if they're Mm -hmm. truthful, they'll tell where they got something from, and if the next person they pass it to 
is interested in history, they'll say, well, I learned it from so-and-so, and he learned it from so-and-so. And that is a good way mm-hmm. to work. Even if you don't remember the name, you might remember the culture or the idea. And then these academics like Kondraman Ali come along, and then they sift everything out and go, well, culturally mm-hmm. speaking, that's right. mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's a historian. Um, mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, I'm all I'm all for for sharing and for making it be obvious that um, magic, the the really old forms of magic are best uh, retained in a domestic and not a hierarchical system. Yeah, and, yeah. and it, th- that's a really important part right there. Domestic but not hierarchical. If we incorporate these things into our daily life, it's a way of putting the magic back into our lives. And we've all heard the expression, getting your mojo back. Well, you know, let's take it back. It's been proven (laughs) over and over again that Mm -hmm. changing your thinking can change your life. Mm -hmm. And also, sharing with your neighbors eliminates the fear and distrust between you. If we all band together, we can do a lot to regain an ever-increasing measure of control over what we're doing and what we're passing on, not only to children, but also to the people around us, our coworkers, mm. our neighbors, and yes, also to our pets and the living beings in our environment. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to... Go ahead, Ollie. I'm sorry. I was just going to say that I have a slightly different, um, I think, approach to this. And this is just me, because I don't actually think there is a there's certainly a forgetting that's happening. And I think certain things do forget, but that doesn't make anything that's going on now. And I, I'm speaking as a historian. There's nothing unique about the modern world. People forgot in, in Roman times, they forgot Etruscan magic. And in Etruscan <laughs> times, they forgot, you know, they, they, people are always forgetting. That's not a particularly new thing. And I also, I think that what, the real experience that we're having is in our definition of what we consider magic. So I don't necessarily see a need to reclaim magic. Magic always exists. It will always exist. It will evolve. It will adapt. It will have different definitions. And customs, things that become rudimentary customs or, or folk practices, don't inherently lose their magic. We just don't call them magic. And that's okay, because plenty of people didn't call what they did magic a thousand years ago. They might have considered it healing. They might have considered it medicine. They might have considered it something else. So the definition of magic is an ongoing discussion, and and one that I, I think sometimes we fall into the trap of thinking that we're living in such a unique experience that previous generations didn't experience what we did, and there is this great forgetting that is happening. I actually see the exact opposite. I think, for example, we live in a beautiful renaissance of voodoo. I mean, who would have imagined a couple hundred years out of the plantation, we will be talking about voodoo shops and correspondence courses and books and workshops. I mean, like that's an amazing transformation. So in some regards, I think we are living in kind of unique times in which magic is experiencing a renaissance. But where I think I align with what Luminera is uh, you're saying here is the intentionality. There is something to be said about returning intentionality into the everyday acts 
that we do it. And that doesn't necessarily mean that the people who do it need to call it magic. Uh, plenty of uh, law of attraction folks wouldn't call what they're doing magic in any way, shape, or form. They don't view it. They see it as almost scientific. But mm-hmm. that reintroduction of that intentionality into something very basic, that is prayer, positive thinking, etc., is transformative. And I think that call right there, that crux, that's where the real power is, returning intentionality back to your daily life. Yeah, I, I agree. Magic, sometimes magic has been called technology. Mm. And sometimes Absolutely. technology appears to be magic to people who don't understand the workings of it. Yeah, I, so, I agree with they, that too. I what I'd like to I'd like to um, put ground this a little bit with some yeah. some um, positive ideas. So we've all, like I said before, we've all talked about floor washing. We've talked about bathing. Mm-hmm. We've talked about and even had workshops on loading. Um, lotions and um, shampoos Mm -hmm. with magical Mm -hmm. oils. If you want to read about some of these specific techniques, you can certainly find them at the Lucky Mojo Forum. There's a whole thread called Sneaky Tricks, which is where you were using those without other people in the household knowing. If you go to the herbs section, you'll find which herbs are used in um, culinary magic. In other words, can you cook with them? A lot of people Mm -hmm. forget that honey jars, they always think, oh, there's honey jar with this candle that's this thing that I put on an altar. Mm -hmm. But those really are intended for use, not just for decoration on an altar. You're supposed to cook with that honey or sugar and serve it to the people whom you wish to make sweet. And um, those are some of my favorite things. Um, Right now I'm having my tea. It has in it cloves and it has... um, some um, cinnamon, and it has ginger, uh, sugared ginger, courtesy of Papa G, my my pusher, my, <laughs> my, my <laughs> Papa G. I always got to say thank you, Papa G. The man sends me, he knows just when I'm running out, and he sends me another pound. The guy is something. Um, and, of course, it's got um, tea in it, too. So my tea is a magical tea. It's a magical cup mm-hmm. brewed with intention and, and uh, drunk with intention. I um, think it even might have a little bit of mace in it. It has all kinds of little goodies in it. Mm-hmm. So um, so when we do these things, if we take a moment to pray over them, we're only adding mm-hmm. to our um, power and to our um, the completion and fulfillment of our desires. You know, may this tea bring me energy, activity, uh, and um, the ability to speak clearly and to express myself well to the public, for instance, mm-hmm. and then I take a sip of it, you know. Um, I I was going to say one other thing here too, and this is about the domestic role of the of the housekeeper. Now, in our society, that's very often a woman. There are many men who keep house, but traditionally mm-hmm. in the patriarchal society, the woman is the housekeeper, and this is one reason that domestic magic is so popular with women because they have access to everything. They have access to the laundry. They have access to the um, vacuum cleaner, (laughs) whatever. They have access to the pet's hairbrush, the husband's uh, hairbrush, the husband's razor blades, the husband's socks, the children's hair care products. So it is very common to understand when you talk to people um, 
who have come out of African-American hoodoo culture, they'll often say, my grandmother, first word on that, my grandmother Mm -hmm. did this Mm -hmm. and that. Same is true of of Mexican-Americans, they who Mm -hmm. have a strong magical culture. Um, Jewish Americans will also say, well, my grandmother said, you know, you you can't, you know, you have to undo your hairs if they're snarled one at a time and let the demons go. Those are those are folk cultural things that are often transmitted by females. And I know, Ali, in your mm-hmm. family, you had a female ancestress who was like a local saint or yeah. uh, what we call a root worker, right? Yeah, I mean, in my family, it's always been four workers, one male and three female. Uh, my great-grandfather ah. was the worker, and then his three daughters, sisters, were all workers. And they are to this day. Uh, they read fortune with cards. Do, And it was interesting that there was always one guy, and there was always three females. And they were either brother and sister, father and, and daughter, mother and son, something along those lines. But there was always this kind of combination that showed up. So whenever my uh, grandmother and her sisters pass on, I have no doubt that three new sisters, you know, sisters will show up. Either I'll have three daughters or there'll be three cousins or something along those lines. I'll be the male and there'll be three females. So the females well, muzzle always... on your three daughters. <laughs> no. The females have always been considered to be the experts in folk tradition. So the men were often associated with more patriarchal forms of hierarchy magic, religion, uh, being kind of expert in, in, in kind of uh, book learning magic, whereas the females have always been folk magicians. They're the ones that knew how to, you know, cure a, a bad cold or heal a hurting tooth or uh, read your fortune with the cards. And they would work in that way. So I, I absolutely testify to what you're saying is that folk magic in that way has always been passed down through females. And even the work that's often done. I mean, you mentioned, for example, cleansing. In the tradition of hoodoo, one of the oldest ways of cleansing is actually just with soap. You would use black and white soap or African black soap. And the idea was you would, if you walked in and your mom sensed that something was wrong, mm, there's some type of mess, go take a wash. You would go and you'd wash and pray with that soap. That soap right. and the act of cleansing with the intention of prayer was a cleansing spell. That's right. That's right. And, um, of course, uh, one of the things that Luminaria mentioned was um, these little charms, little gifts, you know, um, mm-hmm. the the gifts of the grandmother to the children for protection, mm-hmm. which just, oh, maybe they're just a little religious charm. Maybe they're just a little lucky charm. Why, you know... Um, I went and saw the London Bridge and brought you back the sterling silver London Bridge charm. Whatever. But they come with intention. And and, um, a child with a charm bracelet full of charms from the grandmother is a child well protected by the grandmother. And so never, never stop thinking about this when you do give gifts, um, those little... Those little hair doodads, you know, those cute mm-hmm. little hair doodads for the little girls, you know, whether they're the little rubber bandy ones with the little poofy things, whether they're the little stick in the hair things, um, those are those are uh, protective. The little uh, children who get their ears pierced and they get the little uh, gemstones in their ears, all of these gifts can be made as magical and protective gifts for the children. You don't have to go out of your way. Just hold it in your hand. Maybe um, kiss it. Pray over it just a little bit. When she wears this, may she be safe. That's enough. You know. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I, I'll tell you one that I was told, and I think I've mentioned it on this radio show before. I was told, and this is, I suppose, Jewish. I don't really know because every time I mention it to people, they go, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, when your eyelash falls out, if you wipe your eye and, not, and you get an eyelash on your finger, you have to um, blow that eyelash away and you say, health and wealth for us all. Just what I was taught to do. Um, mm. Of course, if you have a gooey eye and your and your eyelash sticks, you got to do a little bit of you know dry it off, manipulate it because you want it to blow away. You can't just wipe it on something; it has to blow into the air. The eyelash and health and wealth for us all is what you say. These things are so embedded in certain cultures that other cultures don't even know they exist. You know, um, but that's how it's done. In every family, Absolutely there true. are going to be examples of this. Photos on the mantelpiece is another mm-hmm. one. This is also a really important way of tapping into your family's power. If you think about what you're doing here, you have an ancestral line that, that all distills into you as an individual. Both the good, the bad, and the ugly. All of that distills into you as a person. And the little stories that they have told, the practices that they have, the customs that they did, are all ways of tapping into that vast sea of power. Which is why, and Miss Cat can testify to this, if you're starting out in magic, Start out in your family's tradition. Even if your family doesn't have a tradition of magic, they have a tradition of folk traditions, of practices, of customs. I think the second homework of the Hoodoo Correspondence Course is, is tell me something about your family's tradition. And then talk to someone who is black and find out about their family tradition. There's a reason there's... you know, we do stuff like that and why teachers recommend things like that is because connecting to your family's tradition is a source of power and being able to tap into that is a source of power. What prayers did your grandmother pray? What things did your great-grandfather do to to deal with nightmares? Those are all ways of accessing power and bringing it into your own life, in your daily life. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I never was so surprised as a child when I ran into a whole cluster of um, mm-hmm. little white school children who told me mm-hmm. that if you had the hiccups, you had to drink backwards out of a cup. I had mm-hmm. no idea what they were talking about. <laughs> we didn't do that. We didn't do that. Um, and uh, so I had. To, they all showed me. Same thing, drink backwards out of a cup. And I'm like, or a glass, actually, yeah. they would say. I'm like, wow, there's a whole world of white folk magic I knew nothing about. <laughs> Of course, they all explained it was scientific. There was a scientific reason it worked. Something about the way your posture is, uh, whatever. I was so well, okay. But then I ran into a, a, another little girl in school, and she wasn't one of these little white boys from the you know south or Midwest. And she um, she said, "Oh no, if you have the hiccups, you have to eat a whole spoonful of sugar." And I'm like, "I've heard that oh. too." Yeah. Oh, how interesting! <laughs> like I, that made me want to draw a map. You know. A map of wh- where is it sugar? Where is it drinking backwards out of a glass? Well, the other people say hold your breath, you know. Um, so yeah, these are all folk cures too. And one of the things, Luminaria, that you said was that some of this comes under the heading of healing, but these are magical cures. Obviously, you're not going down to urgent care or to the ER to drink backwards out of a glass, <laughs> you know. In my family, we used to put. Vicks Vapor Rub on the soles of your feet. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. it actually works. 
it actually well, works. Good. Weirdly enough. <laughs> well, you know, we once did a whole show uh, many, many years ago on Vicks VapoRub. I mean, an entire show on Vicks VapoRub. Unfortunately, I believe the audio and the chat log of that show were lost during a big collapse of data. But um, we managed to fill an hour, at least, um, talking about <laughs> the many uses of Vicks VapoRub in Magic. Yes. Yeah. Do you do you remember that show, Ollie? I do remember that show. I remember listening to that show. Yeah, that was before you were even on the show as yes. a co-host. Yeah, a long time ago. Well, it was it was pretty amazing. Yes, Vicks Vapor Rub on the feet. Then some say no, no Vicks Vapor Rub on the chest. Uh, some say you draw a cross and you say in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost as you draw the cross with the Vicks Vapor Rub. Some say Vicks Vapor Rub around the nostrils. Then you put your hand um, on the head of the person, your right hand, mm-hmm. palm on their forehead, and then say in the name of the Father and the Holy Son, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, you will be healed. And it's all Vicks Vapor Rub all the time. Oh yes, I remember that. In fact, I think one of the suggestions was also Vicks vapor rub on the door to keep colds away from the home. That's because right. Because it's a camper, right. it's a warding. I remember this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah Vicks vapor rub across the threshold. There's Go also ahead. the custom of leaving a cut onion near the door. Have That's you heard right. of that one? Oh, yes, but also the cut onion. Well, that went with the big very The cut onion, two halves of the cut onion on the soles of your feet, and you put yep. on dirty socks. They must not be clean to hold the onion Absolutely. cut in place on your feet or on your chest or on your throat yeah. or, you know, name it. Yeah. Well, that was our music, and, and this is a fascinating uh, topic. We do have two clients waiting in line to be uh, guests and be read for, so let's turn this over to our guest announcer, who will announce our guests. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali, and this week's special guest, Luminaria Star, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home contra remedies and remediation. Our client, calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com. You can listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial now at 818-394-8535 and press 1 to let us know that you're available on the air. Select clients at their area code, and if your area code is announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Troll Towelhead, read a brief description of your your situation before turning it over to our hosts. Now it's time to go, go to the phones and take our first caller. And our first caller is calling in from area code 520 in Tucson. It's Bianca. Bianca, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Oh, great. Well, thanks for joining us, Bianca, and for letting us read for you on your situation. I see that on your sign-up you said that you had a reading with Conjurman Ollie about another situation before, but that you've not gone to any other readers or root workers about this one. Is that true? That's correct. 
okay, great. And she writes, I'm having behavioral issues with my 10-year-old son, and I am at my wit's end. He's normally a sensitive and likable child, but recently, in the past few months, something has changed. He's become moody, is doing bad in school, and constantly fights with everyone in our family. I am seeking insight on how to help him and if there's a source for all of this. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right. Thank you, Nagashiva. So, Bianca, um, I do have a couple of questions, and um, these are both magical and social questions, if you wouldn't mind answering. What is the zodiac sign of your child, your son? Um, He's a cancer. A cancer, okay. And um, and in the home, are there other children? Uh, and, and is there a spouse? How many people are in the family? There's four of us. Um, my husband and his little, my my other child, the little brother. Okay, okay. Um, uh, so uh, he has a, a good full family. In other words, the problem is probably not caused by fear. Uh, which is often a cause of such problems, you know, when one's alone with just a mother and the mother begins to cry because she has no money and all of the child will absorb this. And sometimes that is the major cause of children having difficulty in school because they're just filled with fear. They don't feel secure. But with a with a, uh, a husband and a sibling, the child will usually feel secure. Um, if I'm going to ask one more question and no intent to offend. You're, you and your husband get along? Yes, we're actually a very, um, I would say we're a very stable family. We have no issues around. This okay, is why right, because that's, yeah. you know, that's another problem that can be, you know, in other words, I said I wanted to cover the magical aspect is cancer and then the, the social aspect because when people call up about something that has a social outplaying, I want to make sure that they get the social help they need as well. I don't want to make them think that I would substitute magical help for, say, medical, psychological help. Okay. So now let's look at the question, is this uh, caused by something? Is this something that will be grown out of? It is it something that is medical, magical, um psychological and what's causing it okay 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 card and i'm going to read the tarot so card number one is a card of some fear on this child's part and um it it is a, a card that is called the card of nightmares and it's the nine of swords so this child may have some inner thoughts that are disturbing and uh, this in an adult, I might say, oh, yes, yeah, someone's sending terrible nightmares in dreams and trying to disturb you uh, or the child. But for a child, that would be very unlikely that somebody would be doing that unless they simply wanted to break up your entire family, in which case probably it wouldn't only manifest in that one boy. So this card does show fear and distress during sleep. So the child is waking up um, from... Uh, uh, and having trouble adjusting every morning to what's really going on. And there is some problem here. But it is mental, and it is um, probably, if it was looked at, there would be some deep-seated distress. It is not 
uh, so much an anger management problem as using anger to cover distress, if you see what I'm saying. And um, this is um, goes more to the idea of being moody. Uh, the constant fights are probably a cover for the moody distress. So this is a this is a difficult card. We would advise an adult who got this card, open your eyes, look around you. There's this beautiful quilt of friendship. There's all this love around you. It's hard to explain that to a child, but I am going to say something, which we can get into later when we get to the root work. Um, I'm going to say pay attention to the bedding and the bed this child sleeps on. This is a card that says that the bedding in the bed or the bedroom may be part of the problem. A brand new bed, new bed covers and all might help the problem. I know that sounds um, kind of off target because you're looking for something magical, but it may be magical. Another possibility is when we see this card is um, what's sometimes called geopathic stress or the bed is placed in a bad feng shui place or the bedroom is placed in a place where there is some sort of um, electromagnetic a fracture in the rocks below the bedrock, and there may be some, uh, a dowser could find it. In other words, a dowser can find geopathic stress lines. But there's something that would be able to be helped that way. The next card is a card that says uh, you you will do well to act as mother this is the Empress. It's the Mother card, the Great Mother. And so I now I ask, what sign of the zodiac are you? I'm a Taurus. You're a Taurus. Well, this is a great, great card for Taurus. Has it's the it has the symbol for Venus right on it. So this child um, will do well to be kept well fed on a healthy diet. The Mother card has little grain growing in front of her. She has a, a little. She's outdoors in nature. Um, Show your love. Make sure the child is in nature playing. And I mean in the sunshine, in in nature. Uh, Not too much screen time, perhaps. And also make sure that all the foods that are served to this child are healthy. Cancerians are very affected by their stomach. Tauruses are affected by taste of food. Cancerians by their digestion. And you do have the power to control and help. There also is on this card of the Empress, um, she has the 12 stars in her crown, and we say you might want to get an astrology chart done of this child uh, because the 12 stars remind us of the 12 signs of the zodiac. And you might, a good astrologer should be able to look at this chart and also compared to your chart and the other people in the family, your husband and the other sibling, but particularly to you because you come up as the number one card here, um, and see what is happening. The third card says that you also want to check what is going on at the uh, at the school. Um, it may be that there is some difficulty at the school. But first, make sure everything else is lined up because this is the third card, and this card is the five of of wands, and it shows boys playing with sticks and hitting at each other, and one boy at the center is getting hit a little bit more than others. That doesn't necessarily mean bullying, but a child who is a Cancerian will always be a more sensitive child 
and one who needs the extra comfort. And when we think of the cancer as a crab, people always say, oh, you know, it's a crab with a shell on. I think of them more like a hermit crab, a soft-shell crab that has to hide inside of a shell, which it has to elaborately construct and find. So this boy will always be sensitive. We, Not for nothing do we call cancer nature's little crybabies. And I mean that in the nicest way. They are very loving, very sensitive people. Um, talking about healing, talking about helping, and how to help and how to heal others, and giving the child tasks that will involve healing and helping others will displace some of the fear and the defensiveness away. Okay, that is my reading on it. Let's see now um, what we can get on the next reading. How about it? This is going to go to Luminaria. I shuffled the cards and put three on the table. Um, I'm also using a Rider Waite Smith deck. It's the Centennial Edition. Uh, Luminaria, uh, I have to, I have to, I have to interrupt. Your voice is suddenly very muffled. Oh, oh, sorry. Um, can you hear me better now? No, and an echo has begun. Oh, that's weird. Did you change your phone um, settings? I increased the volume so that I could hear you better. <laughs> Are you on speakerphone? Yes. Well, I'm. I'm on a cell. Yes, I am. Off Here, speakerphone. Cut the speakerphone. Is this better? Oh yes, you're right back with us. Oh yeah, okay. we can hear you. Okay. 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 Um, I drew three cards. I'm using a Rider-Waite-Smith deck also, um, the Centennial Edition, specifically. Um, I also had suspected a mild bullying going on, but what I drew here for the first card was the Lovers, which tells me that he's beginning to have feelings for the opposite sex. Or to, for somebody, put it that way. Um, whatever orientation may be in place there. Uh, I mean, I don't know the child. But cancers are very loving people. And when they start to feel these kinds of things, they will feel very vulnerable. And the next card confirms this. It's the Four of Pentacles reversed which means there's a certain defensive withholding going on. Now, it could be that he was rebuffed, that he may have made a very uh, careful overture, and the person that he... that the, the object of his affections may have not been ready for this or may have thought it was uncool, it may not be emotionally developed enough to even understand what's going on. Um, there are always varying levels of maturity in any group of kids. So it could be that the object of his affection simply wasn't ready for the attention. But there's also uh, the third card uh, is the nine of pentacles reversed. The Nine of Pentacles reversed, uh, it's about being alone. 
shows a woman by herself in her garden, surrounded by red roses and holding a bird on her hand. Um, I think that he has the idea that because of this disappointment that he's always going to be alone, that nobody will ever get it, nobody will ever really appreciate him amongst his peers. You know that feeling, woe is me, Uh, nobody understands me, you know, that sort of thing. Um, yeah. I, I think that's it right there. He's developing feelings for other people, and they're not necessarily giving him positive feedback. And so he feels very defensive and like he has to hide his feelings because it's so very uncool. Does that make sense okay. to you? It does. He's in a preteen age right now, and I'm sure it's like uncharted territory for him and all that. It, it is for us as well. So. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That reminds me of that song, Hey, You've Got to Hide Your Love Away. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a sense in all of these cards that there is the the it there is no curse on this child. But there is a, a sorrow, and um, there is, um, I think that strengthening and, and healing, like I said, outdoors in nature, healthy food, and then what um, Luminaria said points to preteen growing into to this um, teen time, which is always a stressful time, is going to be a, uh, an issue. Um, having friends and showing affection. Very difficult mm. to learn how to do. But I, we none, neither of us see anything that is dangerous, particularly. Um, mm. So let's turn this over to um, Conjurman Ali and see what he has to say. Hello, Bianca. I uh, I think I you said we've you've had a reading with four, so it's nice to chat with you again. Um, I don't have I have only four minutes, so I'm going to speak a little bit fast here. If you miss anything, there is a chat room with a uh, chat log that you'll be able to look up and catch up on. Okay, so. Here's what I'm, I'm going to say to you. I think, uh, first and foremost, cancers are really deeply sensitive. And it's likely that your son has some psychic ability, so bear aware with that. He's sensitive, and when he's acting out, it's likely due to some type of emotional issue. All cancers go through a stage in which they have to struggle with their emotions. Generally starts either at this age, a little bit later more often than not, usually 13 to about 18 cancers uh, have weird teen years. All teenagers are weird. They're kind of bizarre little creatures. Cancers doubly so. Cancers and Pisces. They go through really weird <laughs> teenage. And I think as an astrologer can attest to this, Pisces almost always have some type of weird ideas during their teen years um, that become super radical and cancers become really emo. It's okay. You're a Taurus and you can help kind of be the steady rock for him to see this through. I think what Miss Cat noted, a change in his kind of life, his bed, his food is going to be really important here. Uh, healthy foods, fruits, nuts, all going to be important. Change that diet. Channel his energy creatively. Outdoor activities, connect to nature, maybe explore some creative hobbies with him. Give him a chance to paint, to, to draw, to do something creative. Um, and it can be an outdoor activity as well. That, that can all help ground him a bit. Cleanse his room. 
take some Van Van powder, sprinkle it around. If this is a house that has carpets, use Van Van powder. If it's not, you can use Chinese floor wash. You are going to uh, wash the floor. If it's wooden, if it's carpet, sprinkle it around his room and then vacuum it up. Vacuum all of that up and then toss it at a crossroads away from the home. Then take some peaceful home uh, sachet powder and rub it into the carpet so that wherever he walks, he will be walking through that peaceful home. Wash his bedding. If you can't change his bed, wash the bedding. Take everything off of it. Wash it. Put a little bit of peaceful home in a muslin bag. Put that in the washer along with whatever else so that you cleanse his entire uh, place of rest and respite with peaceful home and then put that back. And then the next thing I really want you to do is to consider touch. Touch is a very powerful and, and important component of healing and a very important aspect of growing up. And a lot of children in our digital age don't get that component of touch. I read a statistic just the other day that talked about most adults nowadays will go days without being touched by someone else. So you want to address something this. Even if you feel that you are affectionate, make it a nightly routine where you guys are sitting down and watching TV or when you're hanging out, just hold on to him, rub his back, lightly stroke his hair. And as you're doing that, I want you to have some uh, healing oil and crown of success oil rubbed onto your hand and just give him a quiet, loving just touch on his back. It works wonders. That touch of a mother has a way of kind of soothing children and that affection is a really important thing for a cancer to get. This is what I recommend for you. One aspect of it involves kind of energetically changing things involved with his life, which is food, activities. The other involves cleansing his home and house or his uh, bedroom, if you will. And finally, a touch component. You do these three things, and I think that you can help him through this emotional stage, and you'll have your kind of loving, cheerful son back very shortly. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you, thank you, Congressman Ali. I just got to say that Dr. Derensburg in the chat room has said, I'm sitting back listening. I haven't said anything, but I can emphatically validate these claims. I am a cancer. And uh-huh. I was um, just discussing with my partner, who is listening in as well, how every heartache, especially at that, at yes. that age, was the end of the world. This uh, is yeah. the, the, the cancer. So... Uh-huh. Um, Maybe uh, go discuss this with Dr. Derensborg. Now, there is a professional root worker, and he's a cancer. He may have some words for you. You can find him in the Lucky Mojo Forum. All right, let's turn this over to our dearly beloved substitute announcer. (laughs) Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located at crystalsilenceleague.org. And now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our next client. And our next client is calling in from area code 443 in Maryland, and that's Little Witch. Little Witch, are you there? Yes, I am. Well, thank you very much for trusting us with your situation. Uh, 
she writes at our forum that she needs to go her best career route. And this is her first reading of any of the root workers that we might be listing there. Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. Okay. Well, hi, Little Witch. It's nice to hear your voice. We've certainly communicated <laughs> in the forum. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's nice to hear yours, too. Yeah. So um, it says here, need to know my best career route. Should I stop love spell work on my target? What's in his heart for me? Well, those are two different questions. We only do one question at a time, so you get to choose. Do you want to have the question one, the career, or question two, the love work? I have a recommendation for you that I would uh, think you might want to know about the love work because I know you've been struggling with that love work in uh, the forum you have mentioned it, but you can you can choose which one would you prefer. I'll take your recommendation. All right, so we're going to do the question. Um, we're going to I can't put down choose number two. Okay, so um, well we're going to go to Ali for your first reading, and Ali, uh, this is a, 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 a you're going to come in this. You you just got fresh horses, little witch. But this is a love situation which has a history, and um, so Conjurer Ali is going to look at this with fresh eyes, never seen it before. And the question mm-hmm. is, should I stop love spell work on my target? What's in his heart for me? Okay? Yeah, I'm happy to do this uh, reading. Thanks, Kat. Let me ask a couple questions, uh, Little Witch. First, uh, what is your sign of the zodiac? Gemini. You're a Gemini, lovely Gemini. And what is your a significant other's sign of the zodiac or the person you're doing love work on? Gemini. Gemini and Gemini, okay. And is this a reconciliation work or is it a new love type work? Like reconciliation. Okay. The reason I ask this is because the first card I have here is the Three of Swords. Um, and that's significant. The Three of Swords speaks to heartbreak and pain. So based off of this, uh, I'm going to do your reading. Uh, first, I will just give you a heads up. Uh, Gemini and Gemini together as a combo. They can be wonderful sparks, and there's a lot of chemistry there, um, but it's also a lot of heartache because the worst of the Gemini that you know you probably are well aware of, the worst traits that you have, he also has, okay? So bear that in mind. <laughs> Whenever the, the signs get together, the same signs, the things that you love, you're like, oh, I love the other person. They're so charming. They're so wonderful. But also they, the things that drive you nuts are the stuff that you also uh, have as well. And the Three of Swords is your very first card. This is a card of heartache and pain. There is still a lot of pain here. Whatever happened to break this relationship down between the two of you has not been resolved. It's still very much at the base and root of your problem. And whatever work that you're doing, you need to address that aspect of it, uh, the healing aspect of it particularly. Um, you need Whenever I, uh, I have clients that, that ask me about reconciliation work, I tell them that it's actually half and half, half healing work, half seduction. If you can get the right combo, you've got perfect reconciliation. If you don't get that combo right, it won't work. And so you need to be aware of that. But in your case, there is a very strong element of healing needed. This is more than just, hey, come back to me. Let's get back together. Ooh, look how sexy I am. It's much more, here are the issues that we've had. Let's heal those issues 
so that we can start anew. That's the first thing. Now, how receptive is he? That's another question altogether. Because the next card is the emperor. And the emperor is a figure that is slightly callous. This is a person who is not really open to uh, listening to others. The emperor has made up his mind. This is a person who is determined, who has received uh, what he has received in his life because he's made the decisions that he's made. And that is sort of final. He sits on a throne that is cold in a barren kind of environment. He's got uh, armor on underneath, meaning that he is defensive and guarded and protected. And so this is a That's person him. that is not easy. I'm sorry, say that again? I'm sorry, that's him. That's, that's him, him. Okay. exactly. So, so this is the emperor representing. Now, how long have you been doing reconciliation work with him? Um, well, honestly, um, I think like a week or so, like successfully, okay. because honestly, I didn't know what I was doing. Okay. But how long have you been trying? Um, April. April. Okay, so almost a year, but a week that you think you've been doing it right. Okay. Yeah. Here's what I'm I'm going to I'm going to tell you. You need to start setting a time limit. You cannot go too far into April, I mean into 2019 with this relationship. My recommendation, go no further than April or March of this year. Give it a whole, okay. you know, and if it doesn't work out by then, move on. The reason I say this is the emperor is not in a good state, meaning even though you've been doing work for a week, he's still in a state of not being fully receptive. This is a person who's made up his mind. Now, that doesn't mean you have no success. There is a sliver here. The final card that I have is the Three of Pentacles. The Three of Pentacles means that you are slightly getting the hang of this. We have a master mason working on a cathedral. You're starting to learn the craft of hoodoo, if you will, or the craft of doing reconciliation work. That's good. You do need guidance, though. You should be working with other people. There are two other figures here, a monk and an architect. This is often said the person who finances the project and the person who has the blueprints of the project. So you should be working with that. It can be just this phone call. I mean, there's three people here on the call. Two of them are giving you readings and another is giving you root work consultation. So maybe the three of pentacles, you're good with that. I would probably say to bring on maybe someone else who can guide you. There's a regular magical consultant, not necessarily someone who will do the work for you, but someone who will give you some readings uh, and who will help to adjust the work going forward and maybe give you some recommendations. There is an opportunity of movement. You can build towards something with the Three of Pentacles, but be aware that the Three of Pentacles does not show any coins in it, indicating that this is still a long way off. So my recommendation, set a deadline. If by April you don't got this guy, You've got to move on because so the cards so far are very timid in the kind of uh, uh, promise that they offer you. That's my reading. Gotcha. I'm going to turn this Thank over to uh, Luminaria, and then we're going to have Miss Cat give you root work recommendation. I wish you all the best. All right. Thank you. All right, Luminaria. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, Hello. Um, I've drawn three cards, and the first one is the King of Swords reversed. Now, uh, swords people are very verbal, very uh, oriented towards words and ideas 
in communication, and it would fit with the Gemini situation. Um, one of the things that really catches my eye right now is the, are the images of butterflies and birds. Uh, there are butterflies worked into the stonework of his throne, and there are birds, a pair of birds specifically, in the sky flying towards some clouds. Um, there has been some communication that has happened, a quarrel, words exchanged, and perhaps something that wasn't true that was said, false information or some kind of, uh, well, to put it frankly, a lie was told. Mm -hmm. And I think that the person found out or just knew, intuited something. Um, the next mm -hmm. card is the Seven of Swords reversed. And this uh, normally the Seven of Swords would represent some kind of sneaky move or perhaps even a theft, but it's reversed, so this didn't happen. Um, however, it may have been discussed or thought about, or it may be that this lie has been conflated in, in the guy's mind in such a way that he gives it a lot more uh, emphasis or importance. And to him, perhaps, it is as serious as a theft somehow. Hmm. Um, the third card that I get here is the Ace of Pentacles. And thank God it isn't reversed. <laughs> Um, I would think that this has to do with some kind of an idea that he has that he yeah. thinks will make him money or make his career or somehow enhance his ability to obtain or attract resources. There are both white and red flowers in the picture. So I think this is more than just money. This is like intellectual property, um, an idea that he, that is more than just. It's more. It's about more than money. It's it's important to him on an emotional basis, and for the idea of it also. And it may be that he entrusted you with some. Uh, thoughts about this project or this idea and he feels that it wasn't properly appreciated or perhaps it was blabbed about to some of the wrong people something like that so and I, I don't know if that can be repaired the king of swords reversed is a very unforgiving type of character uh -huh. so that's what I've got for you. Okay. Thank you. Um, I have a, a question, Luminaria. That third card, I didn't catch what you said it was. What was it? It's the Ace of Pentacles. Oh, the Ace of Pentacles. Of course, I'm going through my mind. You said white and red flowers. I'm going through every card that had white and red flowers in my mind. <laughs> okay, Ace of Pentacles. 
Um, yeah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, all right. Um, well, Little Witch, I'm going to tell you, these cards do not encourage me to think that you should. I think that they are not like a no, 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 run, run away. They are not, oh, my God, he's like horrible. This is a bad, bad idea. But the general tone is sad, shut off, uh, closed off, defensive. It doesn't look really righteous. However, I know how intense your feelings are, and I think that Ali's suggestion, which is to work up to April. Now, was April the date you actually had the the breakup? Um, pretty much, yes. But you know okay. what, Catherine? Y'all y'all advice is very good and I'm gonna go with it. I'm not gonna pursue this any further. Okay. Well, well what I was going to say good. is, if you want to, if you want to work until April, that's fine. If you want to stop right now, I think it's a good idea because based on these cards, this this does not look like he's going to, you know, come skipping back like a little lamb in the springtime and lay his head in your lap, you know. Um, right. So, um, if I was you, I would do a cut and clear just to get rid of my feelings. Um, maybe yeah. do a black walnut bath. And a cut and clear spell. Now you don't need the whole big old spell kit, but you can go to my webpage on cut and clear spells, and you can read basically how it's done. I think you know enough about this work. You could do it with just nothing but um, a, a little black and a little white candle, some spices out of your kitchen, and a and a lemon, and you can do a good a good cut and clear. You can use black walnuts to make a bath, but I know people who will take a lemon and salt scrub. Um, it can be a little rough, so you want to be able to wash that off and put some good um, lotion on after. But a lemon and salt scrub will just clean it, and you will just clean from your um, head and face on down and just say, just remove this, concentrate around your heart. And and um, it's usual to start with your left hand on your right shoulder, your right hand on your left shoulder, like an X, like crossing across you. And then you sweep your arms out and down and your hands go down your body and you say, remove this from me, remove these feelings. When you get down to your um, pussy and stuff, you don't want to put lemon juice in it. That's a little tough, you know, it's all. So, no, you don't want to be doing that. But you can just sort of brush, you know, just brush down. And no, 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 this is all going away now. Brush on the inside of your thighs. Uh, treat yourself to that lemon and um, salt scrub. Salt is a good cleanser. Lemon is a good cleanser. If you want to, while you're doing that, you can also do the rest of the cut and clear. Uh, You can use cut and clear oil if you want to, but you can just light two little candles, one white, one black. They can be tea lights. They can be little birthday candles. It doesn't matter. If you can't get a black candle where you live, just use two white ones. And you want to step out of your bathtub backwards. I'm leaving all that behind. Now, you can take a little basin or a little cup or something of some of that water as it's going down the drain. You just take a little bit of uh, of that, and you can take and you throw that. Now, depending on how you live and how you work, you can either throw it in your, in your yard to the west. As the sun is going down, just throw it down. As the sun sinks slowly in the west, my feelings for him are gone. And you just throw it, toss the water, bring the cup in and or the bowl in and wash it. Or... If you live in a big old apartment block and you can't, but you have a back window, yeah, um, open that back window and just throw it out the back window and just say, now, let it go. Um, some people will take it to a crossroads, and they will say, I'm just going to dribble this in the crossroads, and as the cars drive over this, north, south, east, and west, let them drive these feelings away from me into the wide world. 
It doesn't matter exactly how you do it. Some people, if they're really a little angry, they'll go to a graveyard and they'll just take and pour that little bit of water in the grave. Now our affair is as dead as the graveyard and is finally over as the tomb. Okay, that's you I know you say what you. That. Yeah, I think he'll do that, right? Because um, no, yeah. he hurt me a lot. He hurt me. A, he hurt me bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So let it go. Just let it go. And um, if you feel that the feelings for him come back, use black walnuts. That's the real one to cut the feelings. You can read about them at that black walnut page. You're just going to boil up the black walnuts, make a kind of a brownish tea out of them, and then wash with that. That will kill feelings. But just a lemon and salt. Now, after you've done that, I want you to do one good thing for yourself, and that is to um, come back and and you know wait a day and then do a nice bath for yourself with um some nice love herbs rose petals maybe put a little milk and honey or do a honey and sugar scrub and uh, you can learn how to make those online and then uh, and just do the opposite brush upward and just say bring my new love to me bring me my love when you get around to your pussy just you know little flop 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 there you don't want to get too don't get sugar in your pussy i mean i'm just telling people that people do the stupidest things so i know you're not stupid but you know what i mean <laughs> bring me some she's saying it for the benefit of all who are listening well you know i've had people do these things and they go well i got a yeast infection well duh um so you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna brush upward up, up your belly and then up to your up to your bosoms and you're just you you know, your heart, and bring open my heart, and then go up to your throat. Let me speak words of love, and kiss your own hand. I will soon have someone to kiss, and go up to your head and crown of your head. Now, may all my love come to me. Okay, and again, you would have two white candles, but that this time, instead of going out of the bathtub backwards, you're going to go out of the bathtub forwards, because you're going to go meet your new love in the world, and that little bit of water. And that you that you snatch from the tub, instead of putting that at a crossroads or a graveyard, you can just sprinkle that all around your front yard or wherever you want to, and just say, "Come on, come to me, my new love, come to me." Okay? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds all right, really good. Thank you all so right. so much. Does anybody else have anything to add to this? Uh oh. Total total silence. No, it. it. <laughs> Sorry, I had myself on mute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think that covers it very well. Okay. I love the sweetening bath. I think um, I think a sugar scrub in particular would be really good for her. I think uh, it's a perfect way to start things new, especially if you do what she says, scrub, and then kiss the I'm going to find someone who loves you. That's going to be great, just great for you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are there are many ways to make sugar and honey scrubs, to make shea butter uh sugar there's a million recipes online, all of them good. All of them good homemade beautiful ways to work and I think you can do that work yourself. You're you're a, a lady with a lot of experience in life and you know what you're doing, okay? All righty. Well, I believe it is time for our um, mm, 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 network schedule announcement from our network schedule robot. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, 
Tuesdays, 5 to 6. Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5. And The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment, featuring our special guest, Luminaria Star, in the great state of Maine, and at Facebook, at Luminaria Star. Take it away, Luminaria. This is a spell designed for you to be able to take your mojo back, to find the magic, or to rediscover the magic in your everyday world and environment. You will need a bell, a tin that used to contain mints or pastilles, something small that can fit in your pocket or purse, a shiny new copper penny, a shiny dime, a bay leaf as perfect as you can find, a rose petal, a small seashell, a small feather, a whisker from either a cat or a dog or any pet or other domestic animal, a pinch of salt, a pinch of sugar, a peppercorn, the unburnt wick from a tea light with a little anchoring metal disc removed, another unburnt candle of any type, another tea light will Uh-oh. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear you, yeah. I... Um, we've lost Luminaria. Uh-oh. Yeah. My gosh. Um, Luminaria, if you can hear us, please call right back. Um, uh, Nagashiva is posting this in the uh, chat room, and so uh, keep She's posting, Nagashiva. She's still on the line. Well, that's all right, but we can't hear her. So she may have hit her mute right. button. Can you keep on posting, please? Okay, pinch of salt. Uh, good. And then uh, if nothing else, I'll read them out loud and try to approximate her voice, which I don't think I can do. Um, <laughs> a pinch of sugar. <laughs> keep going, baby. <laughs> a peppercorn. Mm-hmm. Um, still waiting. Mm-hmm. Ah, the unburned wick from a tea light with a little anchoring metal disc removed, another unburnt candle of any type, another tea light will also be fine. That's where she cut out. A viable seed from any kind of edible plant, and an eyelash from one of your own eyes. Oh, how interesting, because we just talked about that. You will also need a fine point Sharpie marker, some matches, and a non-combustible surface where it will be safe to burn a candle for a short while. Compose yourself and ring the bell. Open the tin and light the candle. Burn it until you've melted enough wax to pour a little bit into the bottom of the tin and set it aside in a safe place near your work area, but not so close that it interferes with your movements. Don't blow it out yet. While the wax is still soft, embed first the penny and then the dime into the wax. As you press the penny and say, by the light of the sun, ring the bell. As you press in the dime, say, by the light of the moon, and ring the bell. It's very sweet. Waiting for more to read. <laughs> right on one side of the bay leaf with the Sharpie, I call upon all of nature to witness. Turn it over, and on the other side, right, I take my power back. Put it in the tin 
on top of the embedded coins and ring the bell. Take the fishbone, and as you put it in, say, I call upon my ancestors that, uh-oh, that first came from the deep oceans and crossed many waters to come to this place, and put it in, ring the bell. Put in the feather and say, I call upon the winds that carry our wishes, our voices and our songs, ring the bell. Put in the whisker and say, I call upon our earthly animal partners who have given us their love and their loyalty, and ring the bell. Put in the seed and say, I call upon the crops that grow and feed us, Ring the bell. Put in the rose petal and say, I call upon the flowers that comfort and cheer us and fill our eyes with beauty. And ring the bell. Put in the pinch of salt and say, I call upon that which makes life savory. And ring the bell. Put in the pinch of sugar and say, I call upon that which makes life sweet. And ring the bell. Put in the peppercorn and say, I call upon that which gives spice and heat to life. And ring the bell. Put in the unburnt wick from the tea light after first removing the little metal disc and say, I call upon the potential I have to set my soul afire with the passion of living. Ring the bell. Put in the eyelash and say, I reclaim my ability to see the magic that is all around me. And ring the bell. Take the Sharpie again and write on the inside of the lid of the little tin, I call upon all of those allies represented here to witness and affirm this. I take my magic back. Ring the bell. Close the tin and kiss it. Warm it in your hands and then press it to your heart and say to it again out loud, I take my magic back. Say it forcefully and with emotion three times. Put it in your pocket and say, Soak. It is, so it always has been, and so it will ever be. Blow out the candle and ring the bell once more. It is done. End mm. of file. That's so a the very... Tin... Yeah. Oops. So the tin uh, needs to be big enough to have all these things, but small enough to put in your pocket. Bear yes. that in mind. That's why she said a little pastille tin, like something yeah. she said that mints came in or Newman's own organic ginger. I happen to have one of these tins right here. I have a lot of uh, these tins. A penguin caffeinated mint tin. My gosh, these tins are fabulous. Caffeinated mint, yeah. If any of you need extra tins, just send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. I will send you all the tins in the world. I'm a tin freak, and I eat many, many penguin mints and Newman's own organic ginger mints. Um, so um, so now, uh, Alchemical Artisans Hour ask, did anyone hear that? Well, we had me read it. So it's a wonderful spell. Um, maybe she can reconnect and come back in again. That would be really, really great. If not, um, I guess we're just here for the duration. Um, mm. You can hello? always find these little. There she is. Things. Oh my gosh. Um, well, I am sad that you were disconnected, but I'm glad you had pre-printed it because um, otherwise we would have been uh, just eating dead air for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I accidentally disconnected her. She said something. Nope. Hello. So we lost her again. <laughs> it's all right. Oh my gosh! Toot that whistling gone again. All right. Um, so <laughs> very interesting, very interesting working. Uh, I'm. I look forward to, to hearing more of this uh, this type of work. And if anyone does it, let us know how it goes. 
Well, you know what I like about this kind of work? It does have a Wicca flavor to it. And Wicca oh, is a wonderful system of magic. Um, the spoken spell portion of it has a European slash Nordic, Northern European, English, British, Scots, Irish mm, type yeah. um, feel to it. Um, and the declaration, the three times declaration, is something that's very mm-hmm. traditional in folk magic. When you have that tin, you can carry it with you. I would suppose, although she's not here to say it, you could keep it underneath your bed or between your box spring and mattress. You could take that mm. tin and just put it on your altar. If you use a pretty antique tin, it could even be something just a charming that people would look at. Well, I really want to thank Luminaria Star, and I'm so sorry that we had um, di- disconnection troubles. Um, Kelly Mojo Girl says, it seems like a nice New Year's ceremony, new start theme, etc. Absolutely, oh, yeah. that's what it's good for. Yeah. Reclaiming yourself. Um, Ollie says, European, not Wicca. Yeah, right, Ollie. Well, you know. No, no, I meant, I didn't think of Wicca. It didn't come to mind. I had, But I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds European. When you said yeah. Wicca, I'm like, oh, she's so right. It does sound Wicca. <laughs> yeah, well, Wicca, Wicca is a reclaiming tradition of the Europeans, so it's it uh, makes sense. It might not be specifically Wicca, but it is. It, I would call that European traditional magic very much so. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the repurposing of the tin. All right. Well, we've got just enough time now for our um, dearly beloved special guest announcer to make some special guest announcements, and then we're all going to come back and say goodbye as best we can. Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman Ollie. And thank you, Luminaria Star of the great state of Maine, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Miss Elvira of Elvira.com in Santa Rosa talking about full moon magic. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman Ollie at theconjurman.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Troll Calhead, joining you from SatanService.org in the interweb. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Shows are available in archive via luckymojo.com forward slash radioshow.html. For all of us here at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains, as they just ended, of the Lucky of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. <laughs> well, you don't have the speed that Papa Newt does, baby. We ran out of music hours no. ago. <laughs> I love you, honey. Thank you for thank you for doing that. Um, and I want to say uh, thank you, Luminaria Star. Sorry for the technical difficulties. Thank you, Ollie, for your good temperament. And we'll it's see you all next week. <laughs> all right. Good, good night. night. Good night.